Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Great. I'm here with James Bourne of many different incarnations. Um, with James, this is BackstorySong.com. We go into a deep dive on the vision, inspiration, and creative process on individual songs of yours. What song would you like to talk about first? Um, well, I feel like Busted and McFly, I think I'm best known for those bands um, and those songs, but I feel like maybe it would be good to shine a light on some of the songs that no one really knows I've done. Um, but, but amazing artists though. Um, there was one particular song that I did with an artist called Pat Monahan of the band train. Um, who's one of my favorite singers. Great singer. Uh, he's an amazing singer. He's such a pro. I mean, he's one of the coolest people I've ever been in the room with. Obviously drops of Jupiter, which was the biggest, um, well, I mean, arguably at this point, because they had a comeback um, with Soul Sister and that led to a whole second life for them. But when I was working with Pat, he was in the middle. He was talking about a solo album and I got a call from my publisher. It was really weird. So I got a call and they said, Pat Monaghan's in London. And I was like, from train? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, wow. And they were like, yeah, do you want to, he's going to be writing this day. We're looking for people who want to write with him. I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't want to do that? So I immediately, I, you know, just went and I met with him in a studio in London that had been booked by um, EMI at the time before it was Sony. This was quite a long time. This was like 2006 or seven. It was one of those years it was before his solo album was released, so you'd be able to figure that out by that. His solo album was called Last of Seven, but I met him when he was trying to figure out that album, just doing that, that writing, right? So I go down there and I meet him and he is, and he's, he's, he's quite the star. Like he's, he's, he's just, you know, that people have that star quality except he seems so yeah. down to earth and approachable he is uh, he is he know, is but he's as a performer but you can still have star quality and be that way yes no um, that's a rare combination though yeah exactly so he um he that's what pat was like he was just s super cool and but also a star and i couldn't really believe that i was being given the opportunity to write with him because all of my hits at this point and success had been with you know, Busted and McFly, who were young pop guitar bands. And even though I believed in those songs and I'm really proud of them, like at the time, and because I was so young and we were so young, it, I wasn't really the obvious candidate to be working with a Grammy award-winning rock star. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I went in the studio with him and EMI had arranged another guy to come down because maybe because they weren't sure because I was so young and uh, quite, you know, I'd had songs that had done very well in the UK, but I hadn't ever worked with anyone on Pat's level before. 
and they sent this older guy in that I knew, a friend of mine actually, called Pete Woodroff, who was also a, a songwriting friend of mine. We'd done some songs for my band, uh, Son of Dork, which was a band I had after Busted, and he was invited to the studio to kind of be a go-between, like a middleman, just to check that it was like a smooth session. But he was also a songwriter signed, like I was. And we go in the studio, and it was that, at the beginning of any writing session, it's always sometimes a little awkward because someone has to say something, right? Right. Uh, and, um, and we're in the studio. Um, it's this underground studio. There was like a piano in there. It's like, I can't even remember the name of the studio. It was really cool. And I kind of, I had this piano piece with a melody. And I had it in my back pocket before I went there. And I thought, I really want to show this to Pat because when I hear Drops of Jupiter, I hear Elton John for some reason. Uh-huh. And um, and I just felt that this song, I mean, the I mean, I think the obvious thing would be show him something on a guitar, like make something rock, you know. But I just had this thing and I wanted to show it to him. So I did. And I kind of hummed the melody um, without any lyrics. Uh, there were no lyrics, just a melody and uh, a piano. And the the thing that re- it was the piano piece and the melody together that kind of um, sort of made made me feel like it was worth showing. Uh huh. Um, so I w- did. Were you nervous about it? Yeah. Like, you're, you're, yeah. You're like, how's he going to react? Yeah. You, yeah. Well, because he could have said that sucks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's so, do something. Here's what I really want to do. <laughs> exactly. So um, so I played it for him, and before he could say anything about it. Pete, my friend, said, yeah, I'm, um, I'm not sure if that's the right thing for this session, uh, James. Um, I, I, this, this isn't, yeah, that's not what he needs. He need, you know, um, and before he could finish talking, Pat kind of interrupted him. <laughs> and Pat didn't know our relationship because he could say that stuff to me easily because we had a creative relationship and it's easier to be honest with people that you have a background with, right? But Pat had no background with either of us and he had no problem <laughs> telling this guy. He he just kind of said, he interrupted him and he just said, so are you an executive? And Pete said, no, I'm, I'm actually, I'm a songwriter. I'm here. I'm, I'm signed EMI and I'm was invited to the session just to help. And, um, and he said, ah, oh, cause, um, cause I'm going to do the lyrics and we've got the, we've got the melody and the piano and, I don't think we need any more help here. I think we're good. Um, and, uh, very polite, very diplomatic. Oh, it was, I've never seen anything like it actually. And, um, <laughs> because I think he, he was, I think what, what it was, Pat loved it and Pete didn't think it was right. So right. at that moment, I think Pat just felt like, well, I love it and I'm going to do lyrics. Um, and I think we're good. So he kind of <laughs> threw him out the session. <laughs> um, and Pete was really cool about it too. Like, by the way, because he's really cool. Um, and he just went, well, yeah, yeah, of course, you know. Um, and he left. <laughs> and we still laugh about it to this day. It's just so it's just so funny. But then all of a sudden he left. So I watched him kind of throw him out of the room in like, like in a really like professional, like non-crazy way. It was just, kind of, but it was kind of frightening. It was like, wow, like I've never seen anyone do that before, right? Um, but in such a professional way too. And then he kind of looked at me and went, well, I'm going to go to the park. 
and I'm going to write lyrics. And then you're going to stay here and you're going to start building the track. And when I come back, I'm going to sing it. And I was like, okay. Wow. So he left. And he had the whole melody in his head. He recorded it. On oh, his, he, he, on a, he had an addictophone. He, he just had it on a phone and he just, he just recorded to me. It. He recorded me playing it. Okay. So the singing and playing. He's listening on his phone, on his yeah. smartphone. He recorded me doing the melody and the piano. Yeah. And he took it to the park in Soho somewhere because the studio was in Soho. Yeah. He took it into Soho Square or somewhere like that and sat in the park or wherever he went. He said he was going to the park. And back at the studio, I started building the track in the studio and I couldn't, I was like, this is pretty heavy. Like I, all I did, I showed him it once. He has it recorded. He's writing lyrics. I'm building a track. It was all very like, I'd never, I've never done a thing this way before. So it was a new way of working for me. And he showed back up at the studio about, and it couldn't have been more than an hour, hour and a half, had all the words. He had them all written down and he got in the studio and I had built a track and he sung the whole song. And the song is called? Great Escape. Thought I could, but I just can't wait. Started planning for my great escape. Where I'd live and what I'd leave behind. Made a list of things I'd have to take Things that make me feel like hell for heaven's sake Who I'd love and Who would tell the line And I need I flew through this town like a cosmonaut Reminding me of all the things I haven't got Like time and space A smile on my face and you
How many takes? Yeah, the first take was good. I mean, get out. No, I mean, I mean, I, I, I don't remember if it was a one take thing, yeah, but I but, know that it easily could have been. I mean, he's that good. Um, he's just a really amazing dude to work with, and also, you know, follow. You know, we know. I mean, this was before Soul Sister, which was, I guess, the big comeback for Train. And before Soul Sister, this was between his solo album and his come back with train i was also bumping into him a lot and because that session went so well we had other sessions sure and we wrote other songs and i would go to sir with him after he finished rehearsals and we would write songs in the evening if i was in la and uh, we went to malibu one night and wrote an amazing song we had a great time i mean we did, did some really good songs but i would also be in studios where i would I would go into a vocal booth to lay a vocal down on a new song that I was working on and the production team I was working with was also working with him. And I would see lyrics that had been left behind, you know, by Pat from a session the day before. And I would, I would just say, Pat's, Pat Monaghan's been here. Because <laughs> like the lyrics would just be amazing, right? They would just be like sat there um, from, the, from when he had a session from yesterday. It was like a really cool time. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that in that time of my life, because this was after my band, bands i had a you know and it was the beginning of a long period of just straight up songwriting for me yeah I, I didn't do anything else i just i just wrote songs and i wanted to better myself just as a songwriter so so i've interviewed a lot of the nashville songwriters and then and this is much more similar to kind of the way the nashville scene works where publishing houses hire people to write songs and they put them together sometimes and say you two you three you're gonna sit in a room mm -hmm. You're gonna, we're going to rent you a house and, mm -hmm. and you guys are going to sit in that house mm -hmm. and, and just write and you know what instruments do you need in the house and we'll put them there and, and you're going to make art together. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of. Whereas in rock and pop, it's not always like that. Often the artist writes the song and then performs the song sort of as an independent exercise. And, and this is you know, much more like the Nashville style of songwriting in some respects. Yeah, and it, well, I mean... It was a very natural way of doing it, but it was a way that I wasn't used to. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, he... You'd it, done the other thing where the group got together and created a song at Busted. And... Yeah, but Busted was like... Busted was just a complete unique thing. Sure. It was just such a complete unique experience to anything that I'd ever, you know, I'd never done anything before. It was my, you know, I, I was, <laughs> it was like, I was a teenager. Sure. You know, I was, you know... Yeah, I get that. So um, let's stick with the greatest, Great Escape. Great Escape. Great yeah, that, Escape. That's the so name what's of... it about? So Pat, I guess, would be able to give the best because he's the, he did the lyrics. Sure. So um, I don't know if I'd be, even be able to do that question justice. That's fine. Because those lyrics actually didn't come from me. They came from Pat. I just did the melody and the piano. So, um, But do you feel like the, the lyrics captured? Because like, part of what... I tried to oh, understand. Oh yeah, they did. No, they, he he nailed it. I mean, he completely tuned straight into the the tone and the emotion of the music, which is um well, it was slow, it was motivational or inspirational, I guess. Uplifting in the chorus. It's it's very hard to like put it into words. 
you know, when you start getting this deep. Sure. But um, he just tuned in to the frequency of what the music was and came back with, with, with the right lyric. And, I, I understand. It's very challenging. Yeah. Um, yeah. What I try to do is, is understand what I call the invisible language, which is this marriage. That, that's what it is. It is an invisible language. It's not really even a language that can be spoken, I don't think. It's a language that can only be felt. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And it's this marriage of the words and sounds. All kinds of sounds. And people don't yeah. you know, realize the range of sound no, we that, live in. And that, I think, the thing that you're talking about, we're speaking about, is um, I think that's the thing that separates like real songwriters. Because I think to really be a songwriter, you have to understand that. If you don't, I don't think you can truly be one. Because people talk about melody, lyrics, and music, but no one ever talks about what you're talking about. That combination. No, because- It because, is the combination yeah, that because, makes it all work. Yeah, because that's, that's also, it's also conceptual, right? It's like, that's the thing. That's the, that's the, uh, that's the secret part. And it was recorded by Pat or it was the band? It was recorded by Pat for his solo album. And it was Last of Seven. That was the name of it. And um, I think it's track 10. I can't remember. And were you in the recording session or your track was just used and you brought um, in session players? And No, um, the track that I built in Soho was, it was very quick and it was a demo. And in the end, Patrick Leonard was actually the producer that produced his album and who, you know, is an amazing producer, you know, Patrick Leonard, you know, he did Madonna. I think he did Like a Prayer, didn't he, for Madonna? <laughs> tons <laughs> Pretty of other songs. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> tons of tons of songs. Uh, but I went to the studio and I heard it being tracked by Patrick Leonard. I was invited down and and it sounded unbelievable. I mean, that's the other thing that comes with like not being the producer is that then you meet all these producers. It's part of the reason why I've never fully transitioned into being um, a producer, right? And I'm just a songwriter is because from a young age, I've had, I've had a luxury of being in the room with the biggest and best producers in the world. And it's in a way you get, it's like, oh, well, this amazing producer that I know can do this, you know? And so I've, I, you know, I have produced, I have, I mean, you've, I, you've I've given it a crack. I mean, yeah, I mean, I can produce, yes. but I think the thing is, is that I'm still learning. Life is a continuous yeah. learning yeah, process that's what I'm saying. for all of us. I feel, I feel I get a, it. a time will come when I will like produce a lot more of my stuff, but it's not now because there are too many people that I've made friends with through my songwriting that I trust more to produce my songs, if that makes sense. So what did he bring to the song? I always think of the Saturday Night Live skit with Chris Walken and more cowbell. It was just sonically a whole lot better. It just sounded better. It wasn't radically different. Sure. I mean, the parts that I came up with in Soho are all in the song. Um, you know, there's guitars. You know, there's like stuff like that um, that are, that come in in the song and they were all there in the demo. You know, that's what great producers do sometimes. They know not to mess with it if it works, but he made it sound much better. Great. Mm -hmm. The Great Escape.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.